Welcome to episode number 43 of The Space In Between. And in a moment, I'll be sharing our episode with one of my very favorite people, Dante Paleo, who is a dear friend of mine. And I just listened to it again, and I am still just smiling and laughing inside. Um, He is (laughs) a very funny person and has lots of great insights and stories. So um, yeah, that's coming up in a moment. But I am right now I'm at my grandmother's. I just got back to West Virginia for the last leg of my summer adventures. Um, Was in Montana last week, leading our well, presenting our tribe curriculum to Veterans Yoga Project. It was quite an experience, a very healing experience. I I have to speak only for myself, but I have a feeling for many of us. Um, Yeah, it was really beautiful. And then from there, I went to Denver and I got to connect with Katie, one of our nomads who um, came to Belize with us last year. And we kept in touch through social media. And I knew she had just moved to Denver. And I was like, hey, I have a layover in Denver. Let me come stay with you for a couple of days. And we got to hang out and she showed me around and that was really kind of cool and special. And I'm hoping that we can have a little Belize reunion in Bali because uh, I know a lot of the people from that crew want to go to Bali. So, um, and so you can also join us in Bali too. So I'll be going back to Belize with Becca Roberts in November, if you are interested in that from November 17th through the 22nd, and then Bali will be offering movement 109 and breath work and yoga. Uh, that's March 1st through the 10th in 20, uh, yeah, 2020. And we have an early nomad special special coming up. So it ends very soon. Actually, it ends this weekend. I just realized that September 15th. So you want to pay your deposit and sign up and join us um, to go to Bali. Um, Yeah. And there's a lot happening in Nomadland. I'm getting back and going to be hustling this week, trying to get everything prepared. But this Saturday, um, I will be leading Movement 109 at Namastasa. So we'll be back in New York for my New York Hudson Valley crew. So I'll be leading uh, Movement 109 at 5 p.m. at Namastasa. And um, and then I'll start the 200-hour teacher training in the Hudson Valley, uh, September 19th. And we go through December, uh, December 15th. And there's a couple more spots available. We are keeping it as a really nice intimate group, but if you're interested in diving deep into your own practice, or you want to share the tools of yoga, um, with, with your community, uh, this is the training for you. And, um, and if you're not in the Hudson Valley and you want to be connected to Nomad and, um, I will be offering a movement 109. It's a, it's a, it's like a self care course. So, uh, I'm incorporating the tools of movement 109 into this six week course. And it's called, uh, who are you becoming? So kind of looking at what the, the little pieces that I was offering through you this summer of, you know, looking at, uh, living with no expectations and reciprocity and, you know, are you aligned with who you are becoming? And 
Um, yeah, so we're going to kind of dive in even deeper through the six week course and that is online. So you, anybody can join, uh, and you can go over to the nomad website and find out more about that and sign right up. And, um, once you sign up, you will get a nice little welcome letter shortly after, and we'll tell you about how to prepare for it. And, um, and then we'll join, we'll start that on, uh, September 23rd. So, um, I think it's a really great, uh, place for you. If you're looking at, you know, what's the next, what's the next thing that you want, um, who you want to become, right? If there's some aspects of you that you are kind of looking at under the microscope and maybe even want to release a little bit of some old patterns, uh, this might be a nice six week course for you. And again, we'll be incorporating my movement 109. Um, so yeah, lots happening in Nomadland. But now let's go ahead and hear what my crazy demigod of a friend, Dante Poleo, has to say. All right. So I'm here with one of my very, very good friends, Dante Poleo. Yay! And we go kind of way back. Uh, we've known each other since college, mm-hmm. which we won't say how long that it was. Just 1990-something. Yeah. Towards the late end-ish yeah. <laughs> or middle. <laughs> and, um, and then we kind of reconnected about 12 years ago in the city. I think so. Yeah, and... 2006 or something? Yeah, 2007, I think. And uh, yeah, I was, we were just kind of talking about that the other day of how, um, where I was in my life, I was, uh, I had just decided that I was going to start to dance again because I had retired at the age of 28. (laughs) A ripe old age of 28. I was like, screw this life. And I took, like, I went through Pilates and yoga and then I decided when I was a 30, I was like, oh, I'm going to dance. I want to dance again. And so I set myself out to go on auditions for a year. And I did this whole thing, the Vibathon with my teacher, Jean Marie, which I've talked about in previous podcasts. And then at the end of that year, I was not having much success and not really feeling it. And then I ran into you mm-hmm. and I even have told this story in another podcast where I jumped into your arms. I was like, where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? Murda <laughs> Ripley Greer. No, was it like I that? I think it was dance. actually. Um, there was a dance space, y- or yeah, one of those mm-hmm. <laughs> in Midtown, mm-hmm. the armpit of the city. Yeah, and, the dance uh, belt, if you will. Yeah, the dance belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then I just sort of like was really super excited to see you, and we exchanged numbers, and I didn't really think much of that. But then you literally called me the next day. I think so. And you said what? I had that project. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just come off a TV show. Uh, your mom yeah, had dance on Lifetime TV. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, where I was um, paired with a surprise guest. And on the first episode, they reveal who your guest is. And <laughs> the curtain goes up. And there was my stepmom. <laughs> Who, you know, I've had a decent relationship with, but there was definitely some, you know, points of tension throughout her life. So there was an innate story that kind of built into our being on the show. Surprise guest, and you're like, 
okay. But it ended up working out well. We played a lot of things in the air. You know, we played a lot of things. So. But you danced together. Yeah, we did dance season, together yeah. for like, you know, it was a 10-week. Yeah. We danced for like week seven or something. So, you know, we got kind of far and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> but you know it was crazy it was like in that era where like reality TV I mean reality TV still was a thing but yeah. it was really like kicking off at that point like yeah, there were dance shows and there yeah. were the modeling shows there was just so many avenues that reality TV was exploring and ours was one of them <laughs> uh, so I came back and you know I had kind of a little bit of a really um, like an array of opportunities that sort of popped up and a friend of mine who ran a theater company was doing a new show and she wanted a choreographer and she, you know, she always liked having, you know, she wanted to make sure she got cool people in there and people are doing cool stuff. And I just come off the show. So she was like, yeah, that's amazing. We can do this. And so she's like, I'm doing this show. I want you to choreograph. I was like, okay. And uh, then we ran into each other. And then I was talking to her the next, this woman at Royal Family. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do a show. We want you to choreograph. Can you get some dancers together? And I was like, how perfect. <laughs> It was like this natural moment of kismet. Yeah. And I was like, really? You haven't seen me dance in like 10 years. Yeah, but I like knew. And like, then you were like, duh. Yeah, come on. And then we were... And then I was just really lucky that you were still really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you should have been your boss and I'd be like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't want to tell her. You're just going to be a tree in yeah. the back. Actually. Yeah, you're just going to kick a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was somebody else no, somebody who kicked else. it. Up. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then what I also. Not literally kicked up. Literally yeah, kicked up. Yeah. Not, just, okay, yeah. Yes. Literally yeah, just, just kicked, kicked a bucket and water fell over. Yeah. <laughs> there was water yeah. that came out. Um, yeah. But then we were like coordinating, I think, via text or something. Was text involved mm-hmm. back then? Yeah. And we were coordinating our first meeting, and you were like, oh, meet me at 105th at um, Toast. Right. And I was like, oh, how f- perfect. I live like two blocks away. And you're like, I live a half a block away. Yeah. And then we had been living right next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> For a little while. Yeah. And never ran into each other. We never ran into. And But I swear, like, I jumped into your arms and I was like, oh, my God, where have you been my whole life? Because you <laughs> were. the street. <laughs> yeah. A hundred, like four blocks away from you. But I, you were that person that I was always, whenever I'd run into somebody from yours, I was like, where's Dante? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> oh, I think he dances with Lamone. Um, but never, ever crossed paths with you or anything. But you were always that one person. I was always like, where is he? Where's I he want in? him in my life. Yeah. Even though we weren't, like, really close, mm-hmm. I just felt very connected to you in college. For good reason. All worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it took, you know, how many ever years later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so we've been, like, kind of on this journey. But, like, that, I think that was an interesting time for both of us. And mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe we could unpack that a little bit, too. Yeah, like, how we were, like, as this podcast is the space in between. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, because that was, you had just gotten back from that, you know, experience of being on a reality TV show. And you had been dancing with a pretty reputable um, company called Jose uh, Jose Lemon. For those of you who aren't in the dance world, that's you know pretty reputable mo- modern company. And um, so you were like doing these two very different experiences of modern dance and then reality TV show, and mm-hmm. then came back and was choreographed. And that was that your kind of first experience choreographing in terms of projects like that for so. theater. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I had done some light choreographing 
for projects, you know, you like are teaching and you have to do stuff and yeah. you do a little something for these kids or the students. So I started that and I enjoyed putting, you know, movement together. I enjoyed creating phrase work and then I enjoyed like trying to see how it could move through space with a bunch of different people. Um, you know, my craft is like totally different now. Like I look back and I was like, wow, everyone just did the same phrase together <laughs> for 20 minutes. You know, it's like now it's like, you know, you start to develop that eye and that voice but it was yeah it was my first kind of just play and I was like I enjoy this space and I enjoy the opportunities and as a dancer you're always hustling yeah you know there's always going to be like oh hey we've got this gig it pays $250 but and you're like yeah totally cool experience it'd be great yeah so this is one of those moments where you know I got offered an opportunity I was like yeah let's see if this is something I'm interested in doing and it did it led to like much more interesting things and yeah. ended up starting a company because of it and yeah. ended up doing more because of it. And it really set me up well when I started, you know, getting further in my dance career because it gave me more opportunities and I got to explore a whole side of artistry I hadn't experienced before. And then I got to be a novice at it and then grow from that place when I started, you know, investigating it further. So it was a great kind of jumping off point, I feel. Yeah. It was like a pivotal moment that like switched the that guy trajectory of my life I think yeah and what like can you just paint a picture for people who don't really know about what that life looks like um living in New York City Mm -hmm. um as a dancer as a choreographer like what else was like as a waiter as as a a guy who walks dogs (laughs) as a guy who does postmates exactly (laughs) (laughs) you know I was like you know I was like uh we performed at the Joyce and I was like on the cover of the art section of the New York Times. Like there was my picture, you know, it was like yeah. huge. It was also the same day Verizon called and was like, if you don't pay your bill today, you're losing all your service. I was like, how could I have made it yeah. but not be able to pay a bill? Um, yeah. Did you get, say, did you see, did you see the, the art section? cover of the New York Times? That was me. <laughs> so can I get another 24 hours, please? <laughs> I gotta sell these newspapers. Paper for sale. So you have to have a bunch of gigs. You know, we wait. You wait tables. You collect unemployment. Um, I walked dogs. You know, I did all those things, yeah. and just to make sure, I go go dance. Go go dancing made a lot of my money for a long time. Yes, I and I enjoyed that. it. So it worked out well that I got to do that and dance the night away. And yeah, <laughs> that sounds so cheesy, but I did <laughs> like four or five in the morning. It was yeah. great. And I'd get up the next day and I'd go to rehearsal, and it was it seemed fine at the time. Yeah, you know, it seemed fine at the time. And then was there a time where you're like, maybe this isn't fine anymore? Or are you still waiting for that day? I am still go go dancing. I am a professor at a university. I'm still go go. Yeah, I just got, I got tired. Yeah, I got tired of the hustle. Like, yeah. I, at the time, I was walking dogs, and, you know, the company was about to take, like, a six-month hiatus, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, yeah. I'm tired, and it was winter, and, you know, the winter just sucks. I hate winter, always. Yeah. Um, and, you know, winter in New York can be so cold and gray for so long, and I just couldn't deal. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't have to do this anymore. I want to figure something else out. So I looked at grad school. Yeah. And I was like, and then I remember like that last winter was so awful. I was just so bitter and so angry at everything and everyone. 
I was, and so I was walking dogs, and I remember I like yelled at this one dog. I was like, "What is wrong? With you? Let's go!" And like I grabbed him by the scruff of his mm-hmm. neck, and like I got caught on the nanny cam doing it. I remember you telling yeah, me about that. Yeah, I got caught on yeah. the nanny cam doing that. And so the owner of the dog place called me, and he was like, "This is," you know, he's like, "We just saw this." I was like, "Yep." I was like, oh, and I told the guy, I was like, I am really sorry. I was like, I am in a really bad place. I was like, these are all the things that are happening in my life. I really did that, and I am really sorry. I was like, I was like, here's my resignation. I was like, I am really sorry. Tell the woman, you know, and, and like that day, I think my stepdad had just gotten out of the hospital from having a heart attack, and Lane's dad had a heart attack, like, the night before or something. Yeah, yeah, my, sorry, my partner, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like this really awful <sighs> night and day. And then I was hungry and it was hot and I was stuck in an elevator. And it's like all these things happened. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not okay. Like, it's just not good and I can't be here anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, why? This isn't who I am and this is not who I want to be. So how can I, how can I just take a step forward or step, a step outside of this and be like, okay, what are my priorities? What do I want to do? How do I do this? So I went to a career counselor and... They told and, me. Sorry. Okay. But yeah, was so this was like, an, you feel like it was more like a gradual buildup and then you had this day mm-hmm. that was just highlighting it basically. Yeah. So that's what it looked like. Yeah. And then you just said, okay, what? Something's got to give. Something yeah. has to change. Yeah, I can't do this. Okay. And then you went to a career. Oh, yeah, career counselor. And he said I could be a safety, a security guard um, or a landscape architect. What? <laughs> Don't think you told me that. Yeah, like, you know, you do like the Meyer Briggs and a yeah. strong interest list. <laughs> it came out. You, you should be a security guard or a landscape <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I I don't see. I love you. I don't see either. I don't see either. But, I, but so I was spending the summer with my sister. <laughs> so now I did all that. The summer came. Mm. I was in San Francisco and I got the results back. I was like, okay, landscape architect. I can do this. <laughs> I just saw the plants outside there. Yeah. <laughs> so I have plants outside and they're really close to death. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. To be fair to be fair to me, I've to been be gone four months and they still live this long. <laughs> so I think I've got some yeah. magic touch. Okay, you do. You have the Midas touch for the plants. Uh, Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, I was doing my sister's garden at the time, which okay. meant I bought like six plants. I put them around her little patio and I bought like some wood things to put on the bottom. So okay. I just like redid it. Yeah. Um, for like 150 bucks at Ikea. And I was like, oh yeah, I could be a landscape architect. I can design cities around a park because I just did this little patio. So obviously, like, the jump from here to there is... Uh, oh yeah, anybody. Yeah, I, not any, anybody can do this, but, but I not anybody this. can do yeah. this. So I could totally do this. Yeah. So I started looking up landscape architect, like courses that you do. Oh my God. And, oh, I actually yeah. did not know oh, this. Oh yeah. And I'm like looking at these courses, I was like, this looks hard. Like, you know, like <laughs> landscape engineering and like all these like science courses. I was like, oh, no, girl. No, it's so not se- something you can so do. So you chose security guard. So I chose security guard. <laughs> and here we, are, here we are today, the space in between me and my rent-a-cop outfit <laughs> and my segue. Uh, and you are not a go-go <laughs> dance cop. A <laughs> go-go <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then where, so what, okay, so there were these two choices that this amazing counselor gave you, and Mm -hmm. then, so what happened next? Well, when I started looking at, like, uh, going back to school for landscape architecture, uh, 
I was like, well, I would want to learn more about this and this. So I started looking at dance stuff. I was like, oh, I want to learn about my costume making and lighting. And like, I want to learn more about what I do. Yeah. And there was another moment where I was like, oh, I love this. Like, I love what it is that I already do. Mm. Um, and then I was talking to another counselor and we were talking about my, what I wanted to do before any of this, mm. before I started dancing. And that was psychology. Okay. And I was like, okay, so what drew me to that? I was like, oh, the transformation like the ability to look at who you are and then transform yourself mm-hmm. and I've liked that since I was a little kid apparently yeah um and she's like well what about dance does that for you I was like oh dance did that for me mm-hmm. like dance transformed me like I was depressed and I was unhappy and I had long hair and I was overweight and I started dancing and like everything started to make sense yeah and it's because of those teachers that that whole my whole life shifted so I was like oh, teaching dance would be that psychological outlet that I had originally. Okay. Um, So I started looking more and more at teaching and what that would mean. And so I started applying to gigs. But, you know, it's like you can't. They're like, yeah, you've had the career, but I can't let you in here without a master's degree. Yeah. So I was like, cool. So I went back to school, got my MFA, and that kind of set me off to this, this place now. That's awesome. Yeah. Which I thought was going to be like steady and secure and stable. You know, oh, no. and, now, <laughs> and now I live 3,000 miles away from my husband. Yeah. <laughs> so what I thought was going to turn into like a craftsman that we fixed up on the weekends is more like yeah. a whole other yeah. game now. And I want to talk about that. But mm-hmm. can we kind of go back and unpack that, what you were just saying of how you found your way to dance? Like you were saying you were overweight and you had long hair and you felt maybe a bit lost it sounds like and then mm-hmm, how did yeah. you find your way uh, I went to Wilkes University in Wilkesburg, Pennsylvania yeah and I, at this point you should say like go whatever the sport like this like the team is like go yeah. tiger cats whatever they're yeah but I don't know what they're yeah um, anyway <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you know what that is I'm sorry I'm a bad alum <laughs> I was only there for you um, uh, I don't even know if our school, UArts, did we have a mascot or no, something? Us. It was we just that building. I mean, that was, oh, there was a picture the columns. Building. Yeah. <laughs> picture go building. <laughs> go Dorian columns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I went there and I you know, was taking whatever the general courses are. And as a theater minor, you had to like take one of these dance courses. It was okay. like, you know, four weeks of ballet, four weeks of minor, four weeks of jazz. And I started taking this course, and the teacher was like, oh, you've got a natural facility for this. You should consider doing this. I was like, oh, really? She was like, yeah. I was like, okay, great. I want to study abroad. Can you help me with that? And so she got me at the Laban Center, and I applied and got accepted, and then I moved to England at 19 and just started dancing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. None. I just showed yeah. up. I didn't know what outfit. I I got a list, like, buy this this dance belt and buy these ballet shoes. Yeah. And I, like, went to Walked over to Freeze and I was like, here's my list. <laughs> like like oh right out of Harry Potter, but like the dance boy version. Yeah. Hashtag boy. Dance boys dance too. <laughs> so, and this is where I get to say I hate you so much because you're a guy who just decided I wanted to dance. Yeah, I just kind of showed up. And you just showed up and you were dancing and I was late dance, to the yeah. party and Yeah. And that's the story of most men most in men. the dance world. Yeah. And I didn't know it was an option. Yeah. yeah. It was not an option. I didn't know that that yeah. was something you could do. I didn't know that, that you could do that. And so you were there for a year, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, I met you, did I meet you the next year when you no, came to yours? No, three. So I did a year there at okay. Laban, a year at Northern School of Contemporary Dance. So those two years, just the picture that you painted of yourself, and then you would arrive to UArts, 
I mean, you were completely transformed. You were definitely, um, definitely one of the guys that walked in. I think, yeah, we were in the same class and Mm -hmm. it was just basically like, um, so yeah, the, when you, when I met you, we were juniors Mm -hmm. that at that point and yeah, you were just like kind of hot shit. Like, who's this new guy? Okay, he's going to be cast in everything. So there was a huge leap that you made in those two years, it sounds like, from been, yeah. yeah, this yeah. guy that, you know, just decided. And, yeah, you just <laughs> show me the picture. <laughs> I've seen it before, but. Just a little. Yeah. Just to remind you what it all looks just like. Just to remind yeah, me. Yeah, here we go. This was. And maybe we'll put this. <laughs> There she was. <laughs> we'll put this in maybe the show notes of some sort. Oh, yes. Um, do. I'll put the before and the after. So Dante was rather overweight. Mm-hmm. He did have very long kind of goth-like hair. Mm-hmm. Pale. Oh yeah, pale. Um, just an interesting picture with a man who I'm sitting with right now who's wearing a hot pink shirt, <laughs> rather fitted T-shirt because he has a nice frame that is of the Golden Girls. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. But, yeah, you definitely transformed those two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what did that look like, those two years? You said you showed up knowing nothing, nothing went to the Laban Center. And for people who don't know what that is, can you talk a little bit about that too? Yeah, Rudolf Laban was... Um, he was a dance theorist in the early nineteen early nineteen hundreds, and they created a school in London based on his theory of movement. Uh, and then they created you know these pedagogies based on those theories, and then people started branching off and building on that, and it became this dance institution, and now it's one of the world's recognized yeah you know institutions for dance research, um, education, um, outreach. Creativity, yeah, it's such a phenomenal institute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I took class there. I was there for a year. And, you know, I went from knowing nothing about my body, being completely out, unfamiliar so with what it was. Um, but then having, like, three dance classes a day. You know, as so you're dancing ballet, modern, jazz, partnering, contemporary, whatever, any, whatever mm-hmm. kind of choreography. You're always moving all day long, discovering what your body is, what it can do, what it can do when you're told to do it. And like really shaped you. And I spent all of my free time doing it because I wanted to get better. So I was constantly investigating what that was for myself. Yeah. Uh, and then when I had the second year, when I was at the Northern School, <laughs> one of the teachers walked up to me and she like poked my like love handle. And she was like, oh, it looks like we've hit the Christmas pudding a bit early. Haven't we, love? Oh. And I was like, oh. And then I became like very aware of my body. I was like, okay. oh, I see. And then I saw other men's bodies. I was like, Oh, and I was coming out at the time, so I was like becoming more aware of men's bodies in general, and okay. everything was just opening up. You know, oh, just that. Wow, that's the so beginning of dancing had changed. Yeah, my whole life. So it sounds like that first year was like a real deep inner journey mm-hmm. of like, oh, what's like moving inside of me? Mm-hmm. How am I moving this, and how am I expressing myself out here? But then it was that second year looks like it was more of the external. Mm, yeah, yeah, it sounds of like of how it. people were looking at you and how you were looking at their bodies and how that related to your body. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Because that first year was when I really discovered I was gay. Yeah, you know, where I like owned it. I was like, yeah. okay, no, I am. I like. This is my life. Yeah. And so that must, you know, that must have been very, very deep 
Mm. Yeah, because you unlocked it, and it was like, oh, this whole other... Mm -hmm. You know, I'd always been body conscious. My mom was overweight. Okay. Um, So I'd always been aware of that, you know, and I I remember yo-yoing in, like, my teenage years, but it wasn't, like, the awareness of my body as, like, the instrument. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, I look good, I don't look good, I'm having a skinny day, I'm having a fat day, like a quote-unquote normal person. But then you start to understand like your own musculature and what that's capable of doing, and that's like yeah. in a whole different realm. So yeah, it is like that <laughs> starting in and then like becoming more aware yeah. of growing outwards. Yeah, so interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think that kind of deep investigation that was really encouraged and really like highlighted during that time was super transformative. Because yeah, then I showed up at UArts and yeah. I mean, I had the experience I had there. Yeah. <laughs> we both did. <laughs> we had the experience. experience. <laughs> that, so that was something to do, yeah. as we, you and I often say. Yeah, I think that was a very interesting time. I mean, we don't have to go deep into our experience, but that was a very interesting class that we <laughs> yeah. were in together. A lot and of drama. There was a lot of drama. Of, like interpersonal between the teachers and the students. Yeah. It was very intense in a way that like most classes... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was very intense. And I think I was very drawn to you because you weren't like part of that drama. Right. We won't go into like that, what the drama was, but like I was pulled to you and also Jen. Do you remember Jen Weisenberg? Mm-hmm, yeah. She was also coming in that same time. So I was kind of drawn to you too because they're like, oh, good, they're fresh. They don't, <laughs> they don't know all of this. And I had already like been feeling it uh energetically for some time right and but we never yeah we never were really i just respected you i just always really mm. respected you yeah, and, same. and felt like you know this is a person that i want to be around if whether our circles were like you know connected or not right. i just always felt like that um so yeah mm-hmm. and then so now we'll fast forward a little bit to when you decided to go to back to get your master's Mm -hmm. and you were saying how things were going to look steadier doing this yeah you know I've been on tour for so long and Lane and I my husband were you know looking for like a more quote-unquote normal life just a little bit less hectic less traveling less hoopla (laughs) you know I think we're just like we're looking to move to like a smaller city and just have you know just spend more time together and make that next step that I feel like we're thought we're supposed to make, like, settle down, buy a house. You know, you move to New York. <laughs> these, are the, these are the things that you're supposed to be doing. And then we sort of, you know, we were, I was in school, and then school ended, and I got a job, job opportunities in places he didn't want to move. Yeah. And it was really scary to make that jump. Um, but, you know, we've been together for 12 years at that point, 12 really strong, good, fun years. Yeah. And we're like, all right, you know, like, let's take this dive and see what happens. Like, I want to do this for my career. It's silly for you to come with me. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, so, it wasn't a career that was like, here it is. No. It was more just contracts. Right. Well, this right? Would, for me, Yeah. for me, it would be, it was a job in Alabama. Yeah. So it did make sense for me to move to a small town in Alabama. Yeah. You know, my first move, they were like, oh, you know, you'll come in November. You'll see if you like it and I'll probably stay there and you'll come. Yeah. We came and was like, this isn't, Yeah. no, we can't do this. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. We can't do this. Yeah. Um, but I would have, you know, I would have stayed and stuck it out longer. Um, but then other other opportunities came up for here, University of Florida, and you know, at the time there was something going on in my life, and I felt more. 
I felt drawn here in a way that could help me get to wherever wherever it is I need to get to next. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, same thing, being in Gainesville, Florida, I don't think there's really a future for him here right now. Um, but should I end up staying here, then he'll come here and we'll figure it out. Yeah. But up until this point, we've spent, like, this time apart. But it's been good because we've been focusing on our own careers in a way we never got to in New York. Yeah. Um, you know, we're making more um, connections for our future in a way that we weren't in New York. So we're able to spend more time developing that part of ourselves. You know, if, we, if we're together, I'm going to be home and I'm going to not want to answer emails, <laughs> you know, yeah. or plan or do this or that. Like, yeah, you're both able to dedicate that time, like mm-hmm. quality time to work. And I think we spent so, so long working on us and dedicating time to us that having an opportunity to do that for ourselves and our career, I think, is an important part of our relationship in order for it to continue to flourish. Yeah, that's great that you're both supportive of each other in that and I mean, you don't have to share too much, but how has that been for you? Have you both like been able, do you feel like you have been able to connect when you're together or not together? How has that been? Um, you know, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard. Yeah. You know, when you don't have expectations on the other person, it becomes easier. But when you start Mm -hmm. demanding more of them or expecting more of them, then it becomes difficult, you know, because you feel that pressure of having to be instead of just allowing there to be natural ebb and flow with it. Um, And then just the honesty, like being able to be like, hey, I need you to pretend to care more about these things that I know I'm not going to care about in six months, but I'm on the ride right now and it's intense for me, so I need you to pretend to care. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely, I can do that. And then I was like, and then all of a sudden I didn't need him to do that anymore. Yeah. Being accountable for our actions made it makes it really easy yeah um being honest being able to hear the truth and be able to respond to that i think is a huge deal like we were trying to figure out the rhythm of this for another year this past year because we knew we we're going to do it for another year and it was getting really difficult and we just had like a just like a schism you know just one yeah. meeting and it took a long time to get back on the same page and you know he mentioned something he was like you know he's like i'm doing He's like, you know, you tell me that you need these things and I try and do them and then it doesn't work. He was like, so I don't know how to. And then at that moment, I was like, you know what? I don't know the answer either and I'm trying to figure it out. So I was able to like hear what it was and like yeah. not get defensive. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's like, I like I didn't yeah. respond with blame. Like, it's my fault. And he didn't think it was his fault. So there's there wasn't that. Yeah. That blame aspect. But we both were like, OK, um, I'm going to try my best because I don't know the answer. Yeah. So being able to say that and him to hear it and him to say what he needed to say without feeling that he would be heard, I think, was a big part of making this process more manageable. Yeah. In a way that is hard because you have to be honest in the moment with yourself. It's like in real time, like all that stuff you practice and your mantras and staying calm and staying focused and thinking about the other person and practicing compassion. And, you know, sometimes you have to really go against your hardwiring. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, oh, don't get defensive right now. Like be open to what's happening at this very, very second and just be honest. And that is like, if you can bite that and get into it and lean into it in the moment in real yeah. time, really, really cool things can happen in that part of the relationship. Yes. You know, as soon as you get like protective or fearful, it just, it really helped. And for me, that, that, those emotions destroy the possibility for real 
in like just really getting into what our heads are feeling and our hearts are feeling. Yeah. What, when you're talking about it, I'm almost thinking like the space actually was is has been good for you because maybe if you were <clears throat> maybe if you were in real time like with each other and not having that space to say let's put a hold on it mm. and have that reaction time like slow down the reaction time it yeah. might not have been there so much yeah. I don't know because it yeah. sounds like there has been this journey for you I know I mean I haven't talked to Lane but so I only know your side of things of like yeah you've been able to kind of hold this space that you have on your own this personal time of like understanding your hardwiring as you say mm. and know when your little triggers are and so that you can actually like you said dig in and say this is what my reaction is let me just make a little bit more space so that we don't have that, like, maybe in that immediate, it would have been so, like, heightened. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I think it goes both ways because there are yeah. times when this space, for me, makes me overanalyze things and take it to another place. Yeah, that's, that, yeah. You know, I exacerbate it. Like, I just, I might, you know, I put it under a microscope and it explodes into all these little baby parts and then I take apart each piece and it's like, and he's like, where are you? Like, yeah, where you're did like, you just that's go not off? the story. And, like, and you know, you do. You just sit in these, in, the, in these, you know, in this apartment, and I can go there. And it's very yeah. easy for me to like spiral. Yeah, you know, as most people do. Um, but if I'm able to, like, you know, we we're talking about having ba- like balance, you know, mm-hmm. to be balanced in those moments, and allow yourself to spiral. However, you're going to naturally spiral, but then be able to like breathe and undo some of that momentum yeah you know just like step away from it and be like okay what's the bigger picture here and don't get caught up in the details and yeah figure figure that part out what's the what's the end goal here yeah and how is best to get there you know sometimes those little particles help destroy yeah <laughs> i think yeah what can can't like turn into a big mm-hmm. snowball mm-hmm. it's yeah it sounds like you have done a lot of a lot of work and looking at the patterns and I'm wondering like what are some of your because we share a lot in this podcast too of like your self-care tools mm. and things that you can you know that you have that have been helpful for you yeah. during this this time uh acupuncture I do this five elements acupuncture okay and it's really cool stuff like she did this one thing in my belly it was called the floodgate okay and she goes you know you may have an emotional response to this mm-hmm. and I was like oh okay sure so she does it you know she burns like little incense she burns this part of my oh, stomach the yeah. uh-huh. and then she puts the you know the, the needle and then she takes it out and then I started laughing and then I started crying mm-hmm. and I started like I let like she said the floodgates and boy did they open and out of nowhere I wasn't even conscious that I was saying it but the words just flew out of my mouth I was like I can't believe how hard it is to always pretend that everything is okay and it was the most natural thing that I was thinking and feeling but never put words to it wow and after putting the words to it I was so relieved like such a sense of relief came over me yeah um, and I, then I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that I just said that to you. I was like, you're not my therapist. Like, you're just my acupuncturist. I'm like, but I'm going like so deep. Oh my God. Like, you went so I'm deep and really still so, apologized. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that is not for you to hold. Like, you're just doing something else. I was like, I'm good. I'm going to have my moment over here. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but it was the first time I realized how much work it took to be okay. Yeah. Uh, 
and I think I'm able, I was able to get to that point because I've already been doing, you know, I'm already so body sensitive yeah. and, you know, you're always just so in tuned as a dancer and as someone who just does this all the time. You're like, Oh, look at the way my skin looks on my pinky. It's different than yesterday. Yeah. Um, that I think some of the guided meditation I was doing and being open to acupuncture and all this sort of just like led to this perfect storm of yeah. getting to those deeper yeah. levels. Um, but for me, the guided meditation started helping. I started that about two years ago. Okay. And I just like pop on YouTube and I do guided meditation and then like they have all these different titles and yeah. versions and people. So I just pick a different one every day and I'll spend awesome. 10 to 20 minutes doing them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's helped me deal with so much stress like I can just do the breathing techniques or chakra aligning mm-hmm. or and I've been able I've, been, I've even been able to take it into my studio practice like I do that with my students I'll hear, hear a guided meditation it's like this one's great and yeah. I'll like take from it what I thought was valuable and then yeah. I'll give that to the students and they're like oh, you're magic I was like <laughs> no I'm YouTube on it <laughs> I'm YouTube, <laughs> I'm YouTube. It. YouTube that one <laughs> and if you're one of my students and you just heard that you didn't hear it. Uh, I am that amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, yeah, the guided meditation, I think, was the first, like, the first, like, doorway into some of how I'm navigating all of this emotional yeah, that's great. stuff now. And that's also kind of bringing you back to your original, like, exploration. Like you said, you were into transformation as a kid and mm. as an early adult. And so that's, yeah. like, another way you found your way back to, mm-hmm. to that. You found it through dance for a period of time, and now you're also using meditation. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. What else What else do you do? And like in those moments that you find, like you were saying, like you were seeing that hardwire mm. and what um like what does that look like for you if you don't mind sharing like those moments that you see that hard right wire oh, okay like, yeah i just had one this summer yeah. so i was teaching in in toronto for the canadian contemporary uh, dance theater amazing amazing group of dancers amazing woman who runs this woman deborah lundmark just a powerhouse and what she's done with dance in that community is just amazing everyone knows her everyone knows them it's really great and the students are such a high level and they have so much artistry and it's a really beautiful experience so that was wonderful but with every group of students you know there's always ones that for whatever reason just rub you the wrong way or you can just feel there's like a thing and they just stand out to you and so I had one of those students and she obviously had some issues whatever they were um which were accompanied by like some kind of maybe bipolar or anxiety or some, Mm -hmm. something very extreme. And she had a very extreme reaction to it. Mm -hmm. So whenever I would give this person correction or notes, it would like turn into a storm up to the bathroom and like a whole thing. And my initial response is like, in my day, they would have never let that people get away with that kind of, you know. And then I heard my, my, my I felt my initial reaction of just like anger and just yeah. being like, you can't act that way. Like, I wasn't allowed to act that way and I wanted to act that oh, way. Yeah. So I identified that first right away. I was like, oh, because I wanted to do that and I knew that I couldn't. And when I did do that, I felt the weight of it. So I, you know, so I, there was such a yeah. level to seeing it and I identified with it. And then I was like, that person is not me. 
Yeah. Like this person is experiencing something. So in a conversation, this person was like, she's like, I'm very aware of who it is. I am very aware of how I respond. Um, I'm doing my best to navigate. And she even said the word. She said that. She said, okay. I'm even doing the best to navigate my way through it so I can still remain professional. And I was like, okay. And she was like 14. Yeah. You know, but really hyper aware. Oh, and then I was like, you have to look at your hard wiring. That is not, that person is not you. And they come in with a whole other collection of stories and history and baggage that has nothing to do with your life. It's like, and so what if for whatever reason, this is really triggering for her. And so her being triggered can't trigger you. Like you have to look at that and go, how can I help? You know, and maybe it's like this generation of like, we're making wussies and blah, 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 blah. But I also think we're like, we're more people than we've ever been. So we're going to have more issues than we've ever had. And how do you deal with all the varying personality types that are going to be in with multi-millions of more people than that have ever walked walked this earth at the same time? So how do you deal with all these different people are going to respond differently like environmentally that's so much you know we've never been inundated with as much information and to grow up with all that inundation and if you have parents who are stressed out and then you grow up in the stress like just having someone look at you and notice you could be really really intense yeah and yeah we didn't have that experience growing up the 70s were very different you weren't inundated with information that way my you know my parents growing up they didn't have that so yeah i have to look at that and my, I have to go away from that natural response and be like, you kids today, you can't act yeah. that way. Like, wow, that must be so intense for her because it's embarrassing to be so upset that you have to leave a room. Like, you yeah. know there are repercussions to that. Yeah. But there's no other choice for this person. Yeah. And just like that second of being aware of your initial response and then not letting yourself give into it because you want to be right. Yeah. You hear yourself. Your and you're ego like, wants to I want to be right. No, no, I know I'm right in this situation. Yeah. No, you can't perform the piece because you, you you acted badly and you're out. Yeah. It's like, man, Which is what our teachers used to do. Our teachers do. used to do. Yeah. So it's that moment of seeing how you're responding and then being like, it's okay that you feel this way because it makes sense as to why you feel this way. Yeah. But there's another side to how you feel because this other person is feeling something. So how can you meet them and make mm-hmm. them feel, I know it sounds like I hear myself saying, and you make them feel safe and you make, you know, it feels like, kind yeah. of, but I feel like it's really important to have that kind of compassion Yeah. because you never know like what that moment of compassion could do for that person. Having them be seen or felt or heard could be their threshold. could be like, that's the moment they needed in order to get past what they're going. Yeah. You know, it's like, I guess, you know, we're all, we're all afraid of enabling a bad behavior, but maybe that bad behavior results of not getting a natural or you know, nurtured thing. And maybe we haven't figured out what it is that we naturally need right now because yeah. we're not living in a natural world anymore. No. You know, so our needs are going to change and our personality is going to evolve and what we need to thrive is going to evolve. And if we're not willing to do that evolution with, this next generation of artists or people or students or kids or whatever, yeah, then you'll just be even more irrelevant as we feel people older than us are. Yeah, you know, but I know the people that I respect that are in the next generation and I respect them because I feel they see me, yeah, you know, and they can meet me on whatever level I come at them with respect and understanding versus mm-hmm. you kids get away with so much shit. Yeah, I'm sorry, cursing. No, you can say um, shit here. Um, I say all of the words. <laughs> all the words. I say all the words. <laughs> and my grandmother listens to it too. I so love it's, all the words. Yeah, I love all of those words. It's fine. Yeah. 
So maybe maybe that's part of yeah. that evolution is. That yeah, I mean, when you were saying that, I just kept thinking of, you know, the quote of be the change you want to mm-hmm. see in the world. Because it's so like you weren't even just catching yourself in the ego place of, oh, I need to change my behavior. You were really, truly experiencing it on that bigger scale, mm-hmm. right? Because you could have had um, that knee-jerk reaction, like you said, of, Back in my day, uh, because that's what I was in that I was in those same classes with you. That's what our teachers were doing. They were not respecting us as people to a certain extent, but that was just because that was the pattern that they had previous, you know. Um, but you caught yourself in that moment. Whether whatever her story was on the other side, you decide. You made that conscious choice of I'm not going to continue that pattern. Mm-hmm. My own personal pattern that was as- actually passed on in previous generations. And so that you just right there, you made a choice to change the wave. And she sounds like she was evolved enough too, Mm -hmm. that she also met you and wanted to change that. She knew. I think she assumed that I was going to react the way that my knee jerk reaction was. Yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah, I, and it wasn't easy. (laughs) Like, yeah, like, you know, there was another woman there who, it was a mental health, you know, she was trained in mental health. Like she said, like the way people are trained with like CPR and stuff, she was like, I'm trained with mental health yeah. issues. And I wanted to be like her so badly where she just saw the good in that person right away mm-hmm. and was already forgiving. And I was like, oh, I have so much more work to do. Like that's her knee jerk reaction. How can that yeah. be my knee jerk reaction? Like I yeah. want my knee jerk reaction to be compassion. I feel like I have it in my calendar every day practice compassion because uh, my knee-jerk reaction is not to do that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I have so much more to go because that's what I want my yeah myself to be. Yeah, but you don't know her journey either, yeah, you know? Right. She said, yeah, and that might not have been her trigger, you know? Right. She might have had other, she might have other things where she's oh, like, God, I want to go back and so find much. out. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? I want to trigger you. I want to see where you... Oh, you got to lose it just once on me. Come on, doll. (laughs) But it is. I mean, it's really wonderful to be around people who can be inspiring in that sense, you know, and say, oh, that's where I want to be. And so you can... We had a couple cocktails one night and I told her so. I was like, let me just tell you everything that I'm feeling. (laughs) (laughs) So cocktails and needles and Cocktails and needles. I really do it all. (laughs) Uh, little, little champs, little yeah. acupunch. <laughs> Get it all. Let's do it. Yeah. And speaking of which, yeah, should we have a little more? Champagne? Yes, we are. We are currently having this podcast with a glass of champagne, and it looks like we might have another glass of champagne, um, which is fine. We have done this before. We do this in a couple of the podcasts. Yeah. And we go way back, and many of those way back moments were in a dance studio, but also mm, over mm-hmm. some glasses of... Over some Beverly's. Yeah, adult beverages, adult as I say. Beverly's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so I love that... I What I do appreciate about our friendship is that, yeah, we've sort of like woven back and forth in each other's lives. But I always feel like whenever we come back, you're just a person in my life that I come back to and we can just pick up where we left Mm. off. And yeah, we're both like on completely different journeys in a lot of ways 
you know, from the outside looking in. Right. But then at the same time, we've done a lot of the similar personal work. Yeah, and yeah. we're always like on par. Yeah. And so that's very refreshing to um, be able to kind of come back into this this realm of Dante yeah. and experience that and just be able to dive into it deeply. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it looks like you're really just very, very aware of those triggers or those hard wirings, as you say, and you can catch them. And, I'm you know, really some, trying. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to. I want yeah. to do more of that, like, figure that part out. Yeah. But it's, it's huge that you just even want to and that you acknowledge it. Mm. And then I, I say, like, my mantra is, like, awareness is the transformation. Mm. Because, yeah, as soon as we turn that light on, we're like, like what you were saying about your second year when that teacher came oh, up and talked right. about the pudding. is like, yeah. that was the light on for you. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Mm. Like, just that awareness shifts our perspective. Yeah. And there is a lot of work that comes to it. But just the awareness is the the beginning of that transformation. That's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you're stepping into your second year here in uh, at Florida. Mm-hmm. Your third. It'll be your third without teaching. Um, yeah, with a. Uh, of teaching and then also without Lane here. Yes, yes, yes. And we have little B here. Mm-hmm. And I know you have some like other like great things in the works that possibilities and everything. And so where I'm just wondering like where are you right now in terms of like just in terms of how are you feeling? Are you in the space in between? <laughs> um, yeah, I have another year left here. but And this year will be about establishing what's going to happen for next year. Yeah. Uh you know, so it'll be a lot of applying for positions. It'll be a lot of figuring out what my values are mm-hmm. or what I want to pursue in terms of that value system. Uh, so I think it's going... To, <laughs> I feel like it's the final <laughs> stage. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I really... It's true. Ten years from yeah, now, we're totally. going to do another podcast oh and God. you're going to go... I feel like, I feel it's, like it's really the final stage. <laughs> I think we're about to enter the final stage. If only I had known then what I know now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I'm hoping that what I set up for this year is kind of the plateau that gets established for like the next four or five years. I'm okay. really hoping like I land somewhere that I can be with my husband and my career like stays in a steady trajectory versus yeah. this, okay, a little bit here. Yeah, great, yeah. cool. We're build like it's a building block. Okay, this, yeah, launch pad. Okay, this, yeah, yeah. little little stepping stone. I feel like that's what has is happening. Yeah. Um, you know, and even if I stay here, you know, then I feel like I'll be able to set myself up in a specific trajectory. So I'll be like on a tenure track, so I'll be doing yeah. this sort of thing where I'm doing that. So I'll like get a house and I will settle, quote unquote settle down. But I can like unpack my boxes a little bit instead of living in this apartment waiting for my husband to show up and not yeah um so I'm hoping that this is this sort of last year of this bigger transition period yeah yeah and I can understand that so you sort of also because you said also earlier about your relationship of letting go of expectations and I wanted to kind of circle back to Mm. that and that sounds like this too of just kind of letting go of the expectation of what settled down quote unquote looks like and so you're even just saying okay the next four or five years Mm -hmm. of having something that's going to kind of steer me in more of a settled direction but that might not be the house and the like 
you're you're changing your perspective on like what that looks no, like. It looks point. like. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm open to the possibility that what happens next will be something stable for a specific amount of time. Yeah. And what does stable look like for you at this point in time? I guess stable would be living with my partner, um, having a job that I return to year after year. Um, for the four or five years. Right. Yeah. Building a community there, mm -hmm. making plans for the future with these people, mm -hmm. um, establishing a sense of community within this yeah. like set of goals, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so that's what my... That's what my expectation. <laughs> the intention. Right? That's, yeah, that's that's what I'm reaching for. Yeah. Like that's what I that's what I think. Looking at where my life has been and where I would like my life to go, in I would like it to go in that direction. Yeah. Um, whether that's artistic direction or where that or whether that's you know teaching or whether that's creating, um, you know something in that world. Come yeah. Little B wants some attention. Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, so expect I so I have another little mantra that I say for myself, and I have said a lot is set intention and let go of expectation. Mm -hmm. So we can have that intention, that like vision of what it is, but then letting go of the attachment of like, but it has to look like X, Y, and Z, and all these right. little tiny yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. And so it does. It sounds like you have a nice framework of you know. These are the things that my priorities, like I want to have my partner here. That's not happening right now. And yeah. I want to be able to have more stability in terms of my job, knowing where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And yeah, all of the stuff in between, like those little tiny details of like where the, ha the apartment will be or like what that job is. And it looks like you're softening within that. Yeah, all, all of, yeah, it is. The yeah. details are. Like even just what we've talked about this past week of like. It looks like you're more fluid in terms of I could be here, I could be there, and not attached to it has to be this place. At this point, I feel very open to those things. Yeah, I'm cool yeah. with cool with it going in any direction. Yeah, I just wanted to, I just want to pick one of those directions. Yeah, um, <laughs> just pick a path. Yeah, and yeah. I, like more than likely, the direction will be none of the things that I see right now. <laughs> you know, it will be something completely unseen. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll enjoy that ride, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming it's not going to be anything I can see at this point. Well, when you just said that, I just thought of... We went to see... We went to the Salvador Dali Museum in St. Petersburg yesterday. And that was, like, what his art was. At least the pieces we were really looking at was you were seeing... Abraham Lincoln, and then all of a sudden you see this woman, his wife's butt, <laughs> and and is like I, and that that's uh, when I saw that. I mean, I had seen. I went to his museum in Figueres, Spain. I was talking to you about that yesterday, ten years ago, and having these other experiences of like seeing his art again and in you know in person. Which happened to be 10 years almost to the day. Yeah. Which is wild. That was wild. <laughs> which is so Salvador Dali-esque that, you know, if he wrote theater, it would be that. That you'd end up in the same museum in a different place on the same day, 10 years later. Yeah. And, like, and that was, like, when I'm, I'll just kind of go off on a tangent, but it'll come back to this. But that was, like, right, that was the summer that my dad came back into my life. Mm. And we went to Spain. And so, but then I feel like coming it's like full circle in some ways because I've done all of this, you know, like 
and he passed away and the person that I was with, I was married to, and he's not in my life anymore. And like this past seven years, I've been like just doing my own personal work and figuring it all out. And so yesterday I did coming back and looking at that same piece of art. Um, I was like, see, and then seeing another piece of art that we were talking about earlier today. Um, just like seeing that perspective of like, oh, it's this. And then stepping back and, oh, it's that. And that's what I felt like the past years was like. And I, but what you were just saying too, of like, I don't even know, like you have all these little possibilities, but what you just said was it could be something completely different that you don't even know. And I think that is kind of the most exciting thing is when we don't even know. And it's just the being able to take a step back and see like, Maybe it is kind of leaning in and focusing, or maybe it's just coming back and softening your gaze and not having the attachment of what it's supposed to look like. Um, Yeah. I hope that made sense. No, it actually does make sense. (laughs) Yeah. And so when you just spoke of that, I thought of that for you too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And like, I can, you know, I can I can get up close and look at the details, or I can back away and see all the whole picture for what it is. Yeah. Um, and that whole picture keeps just keeps changing, and letting it be the woman at the window, or letting it be the Abraham Lincoln face. Yeah. And or those being, little tiny details that are right, like or like here. the pixels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just being okay with with that. You know, like just. Trusting that I've made the decisions that have gotten me up to where I am now. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. It's not always great, but it's like, I feel good about being here. Yeah. Um, it feels like you've made the most of it, you know, mm-hmm. like you've been able to just make it exactly what it needs to be for you right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And you've had like a very challenging summer and just even that like has been able I feel like you're very still grounded in it and just being able to be here and feel okay this is where I am now right and this is how I'm where, how I'm moving forward yeah and that's very admirable to to like know you and yeah, to be fine. able to have that like know that you're good in that respect mm. um like you sound like you have a lot of great tools that you are able to access for yourself. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm floundering and hoping for the best. <laughs> I th- well, you know what though? This is what I feel like this podcast has been for. It's like we're all floundering and hoping for the best. Right. <laughs> like it re- yeah. we really are. Right. And we're just like, what the hell? Right. But then when we start to hear other people's perspectives and stories, like, oh, I thought they had their shit together. <laughs> you know? Oh, they're floundering too. And for some reason that's comforting. Mm. Not to be like, oh, good, they're floundering too. But it's more like... Like, okay, they're doing their best, they're too. They're just figuring it out, too. Yeah. So if we have to have a tagline, the space in between, it's also, we're all just figuring this out. <laughs> <laughs> the space in between, we're still figuring it out. Hashtag we're all floundering. <laughs> Hashtag we're all floundering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So is there anything else that you want to share with us while we're here? I think I'm soapboxed for a bit. Yeah, you are. I think I spread my demigod advice and love all over the place. Yeah, if you don't know, Dante is a demigod. (laughs) (laughs) The pirate basically said so. Yeah. When a pirate tells you that, then you just have to embrace it. Yeah, there is just, for you listening here... um, we have some sort of vortex that whenever time, every time Dante and I are together, just some very interesting things happen in our like world. Limos show up outside clubs that we just end up hopping into. Um, pirates. Pirates. It's always um, like a. There's it's always just, something. There's always. Something it's never that just happens. like tea and crumpets. No, we are <laughs> not a tea and crumpet kind no, of. We crew. end up. <laughs> we end up. Smacking some guy's butt with a paddle. That's okay, wait. Like we are no one to tell those oh, people. That one. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a yoga-based podcast. <laughs> I was saying "om" while I did it. <laughs> yeah, we um, we have some stories <laughs> that are in a vault. In a vault, yeah. Better that way. They might come out here and there. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And thanks for having me. Yeah, and just always. Um, evolving and being an inspiration and being my friend. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.